All right, welcome everyone to Book of Boredom, the show where we read the Book of Mormon so you don't have to, ever. (laughs) You never have to crack the book open, you don't need to, because we've got it covered. More than that, we're going to do our level best, better than Mormon apologists, at explaining why it all makes sense. (laughs) Or not. Even though it doesn't. (laughs) We're going to give you wrong answers that only a Mormon apologist could come up with. Wrong answers only, yep. I don't know if my brain works that way, Patience. I'll let you guys give the wrong answers because I'm too autistic to just not know what the actual information is. All right, scratch that idea. Oh, well, see, this is why I don't do intros, right? (laughs) (laughs) My wife and I, our Christmas present to each other was uh, tattoos. So I got a tattoo. Oh, really? Double helix. That's cool. I don't know if I want to get too close to the camera. It's at the peeling phase right now, so it's kind of gross looking. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> I am so not into the pain involved in that activity. Oh, me neither, JJ. Or the permanency involved, because it's oh. like you're making a commitment. I do not have that in me. No, you're very brave. It's not for everybody. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's painful, but... But I respect your body art. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to do with being raised Mormon and being told I couldn't mm. do that. I actually, my first tattoo is this guy right here. I got that oh, when wow. I was 21 years old. Wow. What is that, an ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's me at the age of 21. That's my hair, glasses, and that's my smile. That is good. (laughs) I use it as a signature for a number of years. I like it. It's very stylized. Better than the barcode on the back of my neck with Klingon script underneath it that I was considering. Oh, that would have been cool, James. You should have got that. (laughs) No, that would have been really fucking dorky. Oh, very dorky. And then I met my wife when I was 24. So from the age of 25 I hated this tattoo because I was a good Mormon boy and how would I feel about my kids getting tattoos I developed a real dislike of it even until after I was done with the church I was like ah man maybe I should get that covered but the more I thought about it the more I realized that this represents me when I was that age crazy (laughs) grin long hair you know that's where I was at that part of my life now you can always remember the time when you had hair. Well, now you can return to that, Jones. I think Mm -hmm. that's your personality now. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Does Brother Ben have any tattoos? I have one on my ankle that I got last year at a music festival. Oh. What does it look like? Show us your ankle. Oh, what is that? Oh. (laughs) Kind of like a national park kind of symbol. Yes, I can see that with trees. trees Wow. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. I like that. That's very simple. See, I don't get tattoos. I get plastic surgery. Uh, I would not want to know what kind of surgery a hundred bucks would buy you. (laughs) Well, not in this country, definitely. I am avoiding all plastic surgery for as long as possible. Uh, It's not all bad, JJ. I don't like the pain. I've got a kitchen to renovate. That's your face, that kitchen. You'd rather renovate the kitchen than renovate yourself? I will try to age gracefully for as long as possible. I've got friends that are telling me, they're like, oh, no, you need to start getting Botox like before the wrinkles set in. And I'm like... You really do. No, you don't. You could just... You do. Or you just embrace the wrinkles. Nah. This is what a 46-year-old woman looks like. Fair enough. I refuse to die. Until my husband divorces me or dies, I don't need to go catch a new husband. (laughs) He's upstairs aging just as gracefully as me. Fair enough. But I'm going to look 21 when I'm 110. I'm going to be like Cher or Madonna. I've actually had plastic surgery. 
I feel like there's a story there we need to hear. <laughs> no, it's not that exciting. I got a cancerous mole removed from my back. And oh. Yeah, and it was big enough that they had to have a plastic surgeon like come in and stitch it up. Oh, I had skin cancer removed from here. I was going to tell people that's where they removed the horn. I was a unicorn once. Oh. Because <laughs> it's perfectly circular. That's where they removed the horn when you deconverted. Anyway. What are we doing today? Are we reading out of the Book of Mormon? That's right. What part of it? Mosiah 11. We are going to meet King Noah today. Not the other King Noah. Well, he wasn't a king. Oh, that's right. Not Noah of the Ark. He was just the captain. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Mosiah 10 was pretty stupid, but my God, I think Mosiah 11 just, it's stupider upon stupider. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, Smitty wrote this at about the same time, right? So he was running out of gas and then he hits Mosiah 11 and he still hadn't gone and fucked someone in the barn. So this is the last little bit of... It's not like Mosiah 12 is more stupid than other parts. It's all pretty stupid, isn't it, James? Yeah, it's all pretty stupid. That's how you can tell it's an ancient book with multiple authors is that it reads the same way the whole way through. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, but Mormon compiled it. He was the editor, so obviously he had a lot of editorial influence on it. I mean, that's an argument. Not a good argument, but it is a argument. In the vein of Mormon apologists. So yeah, that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be a good argument. Wrong answers only. It takes so little scrutiny to pick apart this religion. Like, so little. And now that we've got the (laughs) internet, and you can see what happens in the temples, and you can... What happens in the temples, JJ? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually watching that last night. I saw somebody getting ready to go to the temple for the first time. She went and looked on the internet and she Mm -hmm. got so freaked out. She told her fiance, you are doing the wrong thing. And she felt really bad like because like everybody kept criticizing her and saying, you need to have faith and you need to show up at your thing tomorrow. Like her anxiety going through the temple, realizing that everything she'd seen on the internet was true and she couldn't exactly leave and everybody was there and it was so much social pressure to stay. That poor woman. She had to put up with a couple of hours of her life in that terribly boring building. Oh my God. If I had to do that, I think I'd be climbing the walls. Or falling asleep. They don't let you do that, patience. Yeah. They, they get pretty upset if you get up and try to climb the walls. Yes, indeed. <laughs> The whole experience of the clothing and the hat and the apron and the taking them off and putting them on and rearranging and the handshakes and the tokens and the, it's like, tell me you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. Oh, it'd be the first time I'd been touched in a couple of years. I'd have to go there for the thrill, wouldn't I? <laughs> Not really, because the people doing the touching are very old and wrinkly and they smell like Ben Gay and, and desperation. Oh, okay. I got the wrong picture there. Whoops. I was pre-YouTube. I had no real sense of what was going to happen there. What did you know was going to happen? They don't really tell you very much about it. It's all supposed to be sacred. What were you thinking as they started doing the weirdness? I was just like, what What the the fuck? fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Were you looking to your left and your right to the people around? Were your eyes like screaming? I was trying to be cool. Like my dad's with me. Oh, well. That must have felt reassuring. No. And he wasn't acting like it was weird. (laughs) But it was weird. But it really, like, it was weird. Mm -hmm. Uh. This was not what I expected. After that, how often 
did you go? So this was in preparation to go on my mission. And between the first time that I went and when I actually went to the training center in Provo, I never went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the training center, you went every couple of weeks when I was there for two months. And then never since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame Except you. there were a few times after I got back that I had friends get married in the temple. And I went to their wedding. But I didn't go do like the whole set of ceremonies ever after that. Watching it last night, I was fast forwarding because it's so boring. And I just thought, I couldn't imagine sitting through this. Well, that's why you have to like move your cap from one side to the other and stuff. So it's, it's something, something to, to do. do and you don't fall asleep. Yeah. This is the thing that I've noticed with the temple. I think that a lot of people harp on the fact that it's kind of almost like sexual assault. But I think these days they've tidied that up a bit. They've changed their smocks. You're talking about like the first bit, the washing and anointing bit. Initiation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then how they lay hands on you and pray. I think now it's just mainly really, really boring and weird. Mm -hmm. But I think in the past, it may have been a bit of a feel up for old pervs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't remember it feeling pervy so much as just weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Benjamin, what year did you go through? 90. Right after they switched and stopped doing the punishments. Oh. Like a year after that. Yeah, the miming of slitting your throat. and Oh, they stopped doing that? Yes. yes. That stopped in like 89, I think. Ah. Yeah. And why did they stop? I thought God's word's eternal. Because it was creepy as shit. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it was creepy. It's creepy as fuck. They stopped actually saying what the gestures meant in the mm. late 19th century, I believe. Oh, really? So they stopped saying, lest my throat be slit from ear to ear part, but they still did that. Uh. So... When you went through, they had the poncho thing, didn't they? The poncho thing. For doing the anointing? Oh, yeah, 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 I did. So the first part of it, patience, is before you go and sit in the boring room, they do this thing where they touch parts of your body with, I think it's water and oil. I mean, it's been a really long time. You gotta have lubrication, brother Ben. And they're like, you know, this part of your body and bless this and whatever. Oh, yes. I like to bless parts of my body too. At least at the time you did that in this poncho smock kind of thing that just went over your head and was open on the side. (laughs) Yeah, it was a sheet with a hole in it, basically. A hole for your head. (laughs) After an old guy touches you, then they send you Uh, back and you change into your temple clothes. And and put on the garments of the priesthood. Mm Mm-hmm. So the temple clothes are different from this nearly naked poncho thing. Yeah, no, the poncho thing is just for that first bit. Ah, and do they still do that? Yeah. I think it's sewn up on the sides now, so I don't think there's ah. any skin-to-skin contact anymore. Ah, oh. <laughs> so maybe they're just touching you through the fabric now. When you go in there, you're sitting on a chair, so guys like reach it into your lap, and you're like, what the fuck? You know. Uh, <laughs> no homo, no homo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was within a couple years of after I went through that they sewed up the sides of the poncho. You could go through and do that for the dead. And I guess they would just touch you 10 times in a row for 10 different yeah. people or oh. something. But I haven't ever done it. So Actually, I've done them. You know what? They don't run you through part one 10 times, part two 10 times. You do a circuit 10 times. You do the whole loop. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh. They LARP that they're a dead person. LARP. 
<laughs> it's dead action role play. Yeah. John, so if they were going to do it for Elvis Presley. I'm sure he's been done repeatedly, but. I guarantee it. Yeah, they would put you into the thing and then they would do it in Elvis Presley's name and you'd go through the four stations. Yeah. Yep. And then the next time it would be like, now you're Ronald Reagan. And then you'd go through all four stations. Yeah. There are three ordinances that are done in the name of the dead in the temple. The first one is your initiatory, which is what that is. Blessing and putting on your garments and shit like that. So, And that's where they touch you, right? Yes. So the initial feel of... You know what? I reversed it. You do the baptism first, then you do the initiatory. Can't go in dry. And then you do the sessions. And then you might, if they know you're married, you might get married later. Right. So the baptism, they can do them in batches. So when you go in to get baptized for the dead, you put on the stupid white jumpsuit and you go in, you get into the font. There's an old guy in the font. There's two old guys beside the font to make sure everything goes right. And then they have a list of names. You get there and they go in and behalf of Elvis Presley, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Boof. And then it's uh, Ronald Reagan. Blah, 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 Ronald Reagan. Boof. There's 10 or 12 of those. So you are getting fucking waterboarded, basically. You know, if it's for a batch of names that have been submitted to the temple for having their work done or that some fucker has just gone through history books and written names down, then those are the names that are done in batches. So for the baptism, they can do them in batches. For the initiatory, they can do them in batches. For the endowment, which is where you go and watch the stupid movie for three hours they don't do it in batch you do it for one person and one person only you have to watch the video for the dead each time each time you have to do it exactly. for elvis then ronald reagan and then donald duck mm-hmm. it's a three-hour ordeal for that but that's why baptisms what are quick yeah mm-hmm. it's also the only one that they let kids do or teenagers at least the kids could do the baptism can be the baptizee the three-hour one where you the women have to wear the veil and they put on that green fig leaf they don't have to do that anymore they don't have that's true <laughs> god who never changed changed that part don't you remember back in 2018 they get the priesthood in the temple for a little while now apparently no that's a line of bullshit they've been trying to tell the women they're trying Trying to modernize oh so slowly and it's just not quick enough. Yeah, basically. I mean, if this church is going to survive, they're going to end up doing away with almost all of the ritualistic stuff in the temple and just turn it into a visiting center where people go and sit around and have coffee. They'd have to change that too. But I don't anticipate that. (laughs) Maybe not for another hundred years. And it's got enough money to survive that long because they've invested in so much real estate. They need to give patients a temple. Then they can modernize. I'll show them. We all can show them together. (laughs) There's a second part to doing baptisms is getting the Holy Ghost conferred upon you. Mm -hmm. That's spiritual possession, that is. It's witchcraft. What that is, is after you've been dunked 20 times, then you get out, dressed back in your regular clothes, and then you go into a separate room, and they go, Jones, in on behalf of... Elvis Presley. uh, Elvis Presley, I lay my hands upon your head and give unto you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yeah. Then Ronald Reagan. And suddenly hair grows where it wasn't before. Boom. Hands on your head. Amen. 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 So you get slapped on the head as a you know a fourteen year old kid like twenty times by these old guys. It's stupid. It's so ritualistic. Can't people see that this is OCD? I mean, 
If that's not a cult, I don't know what you would call it. Mm-hmm. I've expressed my opinion that every church is a cult. It's just a big, widely accepted cult. I agree, James. Some are just more high demand. Uh-huh. The way I look at it is, like, cults are in the toddler phase. They're complete assholes. They're psychotic. You can't believe any of the shit they do. Kids are terrible. Mormonism is at the teenage phase where still really culty, but... But they can drive. Yeah, for, exactly. But progressing <laughs> towards religion. Yeah. And a religion, the culty stuff that they do has been around for a few hundred years so people are like okay I guess you know yeah this is normal or it's mellowed out a little bit if they just go to church on Sundays and Easter and every once in a while if they have a funeral or a wedding and uh, Mm -hmm. they don't require a lot of you what Jones has just described is the pipeline to cafeteriaism pretty much there was just a poll out that Mormons are now considered just as well regarded as Scientologists not quite that low I think they were low they weren't Scientology low Hang on. Where's this scale? Who's higher and who's lower? I'm confused. Now I have to look this up. (laughs) (laughs) They were not far apart. It was like Satanist, atheist, Scientologist, Mormon, Buddhist, Hindus, way down there with the Scientologists. Organized religion is shrinking. According to our birth rate, there's lots of things shrinking. I don't think that... It's happening fast enough? I don't appreciate that, patience. They sampled a thousand people who were asked to judge the favorability of religious organizations. Oh. 50 is very positive, negative 50 is very negative. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the way they divided this up was stupid because, like, for example, the top four that have the highest favorability Christianity, Protestantism, Amish, and Judaism. The first three are Christian. So the first three are the same damn thing. Where did the LDS land? The El Mormons were a favorability of negative 21. Christian science was negative 22. Islam was negative 24. The Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was 27. Based on the three people who knew the difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Jehovah's Witnesses actually did worse than the Mormons with negative 31. Yeah, they're a shocker. And then it was the Church of Scientology, negative 49, and Satanism, negative 49. We got to bring the numbers up for the Satanists because I, I freaking love that group. Yeah, well, mm. it depends on if you're talking about the old school Satanists who followed Aleister Crawley, who actually believe in Satan, or if you're talking about the Temple of Satanism. Temple. Yeah, the Temple don't believe in Satan as anything more than a concept of free will. Right. They're just excellent trollers is what they yeah, are. Yeah, that too. <laughs> exactly. I think they were only established 10... 15 years ago? Not that long ago. Yeah. Old school Satanism, they've been, you know, given the whole Satanism thing a bad rap for many years, so it's not surprising <laughs> yeah. their numbers down that low. I'm surprised the atheists aren't doing better. Did they ask about atheists? Yes, but we're just not organized. That's kind of the whole point. It's yes? like we're, we're rejecting the organization. Atheism landed at negative 13. Uh, we're doing a hell of a lot better than I was expecting. Though. Yeah, definitely. Better than Mormons. Better than Scientists. <laughs> Or I think what that says is that we're doing a good job out there. So, yay us. <laughs> yay us. What favorability did mainstream Protestants have, Jones? They were up there. They were up the top there. Positive 15. Positive? Um, just before we read, 
I was looking through Desiree earlier and they had the, <laughs> the most bizarre news stories of 2022. And it was all pretty boring because Deseret is largely just boring. So even their most bizarre stuff is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And there was a Mormon ghost town that keeps re-emerging because of Lake Mead drying up. Pretty boring. And keep scrolling down. And then there was something that was kind of interesting. SpaceX debris lands on Australia sheep farm. Apparently Apparently, (laughs) we had a 10-foot charred object that would later be identified as the largest piece of space junk land in Australia since 1979. No one was hurt. Man, Elon Musk is just (laughs) getting himself into all kinds of trouble. There goes all the Tesla stock. Uh, I'm surprised we don't have more stuff falling back to Earth. Yeah. There's a couple of factors in that. (laughs) First of all, a lot of space debris burns up before it gets to the planet's surface. Well, that's true too. Here's the other thing. Two-thirds of our planet is covered in water. Yeah. The one-third that's not covered in water, as far as humans being in that spot, we're probably covering about 15% at the most of this planet being someplace that a human being can observe it. So it might be lots of space debris falling and we just don't see it, or it may have all burned up. Those lucky sheep saw something that most humans will never get to witness. The second coming of SpaceX. All right, Jones, can you give us the preview like you always do so well? Here we go. Mosiah chapter 11. King Noah rules in wickedness. He revels in riotous living with his wives and concubines. Abinadi prophesies that the people will be taken into bondage. His life is sought by King Noah about 160 to 150 BC. <laughs> All right. And now it came to pass that Zenith conferred the kingdom upon Noah, one of his sons. Therefore, Noah began to reign in his stead, and he did not walk in the ways of his father. For behold, he did not keep the commandments of God, but he did walk after the desires of his own heart. And he had many wives and concubines, and he did cause his people to commit sin and do that which was abominable in the sight of the Lord. Yea, and they did commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness. And he laid a tax of one-fifth part of all they possessed, a fifth part of their gold, and of their silver and a fifth part of their ziff, and of their copper, and of their brass, and of their iron, and a fifth part of their fatlings, and also a fifth part of all their grain. What the hell is ziff? Wrong answers only. Let's go around the table. Brother Ben, what is ziff? Well, let me put it easy in a sentence. I might ziff in my pants if I see any more breast work. There you go. That's right. <laughs> and breast work is a word that's going to come up in a moment, so stay tuned for that exciting one. <laughs> So he's saying this was a bad king running around with his concubines and his wives. Clearly written before his revelation on polygamy, hey? This is hypocrisy. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, patience. <laughs> yeah. So Urban Dictionary says that Ziff... Oh, God, there's an inch. <laughs> oh, shit, I gotta hear this one. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's Australian slang for beard. What? A well-kempt beard trimmed and shaped. A well-kempt Ziff. 
I've never heard of that. Oxford English Dictionary says the slang term originated around 1919. Okay, all right. We, we can um, excuse you not knowing that one, Patience. I think that's on the extremes of the vernacular. I have never heard that one, and I've heard a few things that are Australian. Really? Did we actually finish that verse? I feel like we got sidetracked by Ziff. We got to the end of three. Yeah. Did we talk about their fatlings? I want to know what those were. Right. Oh. They're the fat concubines. Are they like Taco Bell gorditas? Is that what it is? No. They're those fat bottom girls. Fat little babies. Like they wanted your children, but only the <laughs> fat little ones. Oh, goodness. They're calves, aren't they? It has to do with their herds. Yeah, their livestock. livestock. Oh. Yes, capybaras. Are they oh. capybaras? Oh, aren't they cute? They're so cute. Yeah, I looked it up. Oxford Dictionary. Fatling. A young animal that has been fattened in readiness for slaughter. Oh. Oh, okay. That's not fun. So, uh... Taxes are things that happen every year. Otherwise, if it's just a one-off, that doesn't keep supplying the king with income. So what I want to know is, is this 20% of all of these precious metals and stuff every year? Because soon he's going to eat up his entire populations. Howard Jones usually handle that, I think he would say. It's because it's all made up bullshit. <laughs> That's yes, right. Yes, exactly. It's all made <laughs> it's up all bullshit. It's all made up bullshit. <laughs> See, Joseph wasn't thinking about all of this. He just said, oh, it's a big tax and then waffles on. Yeah, but to be fair, in the 19th century, they understood a tax to be a thing that was upon your increase per year. Oh, okay. That makes sense, yeah. He didn't feel the need to define per year. I love Jones's wrong answer on that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to point out is, once again, Joseph is showing that he's not being creative. He's basically taken this whole story about all of the concubines and all of the whoredoms, pretty much from, you know, either Solomon. Or David. Which the mm -hmm. Bible yeah. says had too many wives and too many concubines and so forth. So he's just rehashing the same story. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, Gigi, I haven't had an answer from you yet on what you think Ziff is. I like to just think of it as small change and lint that you find in your pocket. Oh, lint in your pockets. Anything left, because that's how badly they want to just rape you. Mm. That's wrong. We're going to mix Brother Ben's definition of Ziff with Gigi's definition of Ziff, and we're going to turn it into a really good hat. You make it into a paste, and then you can build uh, whatever you want with it. <laughs> it's a glue. Right? Gross. Gross. <laughs> Brother Ben, do you want to read four, five, and six? And all this he did take to support himself and his wives and his concubines, and also his priests and their wives and their concubines. Thus he had changed the affairs of the kingdom. He's being a good provider. Gotta take care of your priests, man. And their concubines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and their wives. For he put down all the priests that had been consecrated by his father and consecrated new ones in their stead with his ziff, such as were lifted up in the pride of their hearts. Baptism in ziff. Ew, gross. <laughs> Yay! And thus they were supported in their laziness and in their idolatry and in their whoredoms yeah. by the taxes which King Noah had put upon his people. Thus did the people labor exceedingly to support iniquity. Wow. There you go. All right, JJ. Yay! And they also became idolatrous because they were deceived by the vain and flattering words of the king and priests, for they did speak flattering things unto them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it came to pass that King Noah built many elegant and spacious buildings, like the Mormons and their temples and their malls. Right. Which I could see one of their newest temples right out my fucking living room window. Oh, really? Well, it's not even open yet. It's not going to open until June. So this is one of Rusty's new temples. I can't remember. It probably isn't, though. I don't think Rusty's built anything yet. <laughs> going to be one of those smaller temples? No, it's a big fuck-all temple. Because they got to spend their money. They have it lit up in a bazillion lights. Wow. And you know that each chandelier in there is a $300,000 installation. Minimum. What the And probably fuck? made by a Mormon-owned company. That does nothing but make chandeliers. Like, it's a lot of money. It's just money laundering. It's from uh, Russell M. Nelson uh, Chandelier Company. Mm-hmm. And it came to pass that King Noah built many elegant and spacious buildings, and he ornamented them with fine work of wood and all manner of precious things of gold and of silver and of iron and of brass and of ziff and of copper. It's so precious. Ew. Oh my God. He also <laughs> built him a spacious palace and a throne in the midst thereof, all of which was of fine wood and was ornamented with gold and silver and with precious things. Well done, JJ. I haven't told you what my wrong answer about what Ziff is. Oh, God. It's either a alloy or uranium. Now, the reason I say this, the Bible doesn't mention Ziff anywhere. The Bible translators are able to give English names to metals and, well, even alloys. So why couldn't Joseph Smith do the same? What did they have that was any different from what they had in the Bible? So the only things that I could think of were perhaps a hybrid alloy that had no correlation with what they were using in the Middle East at the time. So it had to be its own word or whatever. Or something that hadn't been discovered until the Middle Ages or something like uranium. Or... It's complete <laughs> bullshit. Right. Of course, some Mormon has gotten on Wikipedia oh. and actually made a page for Ziff. Oh, what do they yeah. think it is? Ziff is oh an unknown God. material or item, probably a metal mentioned in the Book of Mormon, blah, blah, blah. Mm. In Hebrew, the word ziru means splendor or brightness. A footnote in the 2013 Latter-day Saint, and you know it's a current Mormon because they changed it from Mormon to Latter-day Saint edition of the Book of Mormon, uh. suggests Translations for possible related Hebrew words as adjective, shining, verb, to overlay, or plate with metal. That's a great wrong answer. Yeah, right. John L. Sorensen, a Latter-day Saint scholar of Mesoamerica archaeology, which means he's a quack, uh -huh. has opined that the most likely possibility is an alloy. Good job, patience. Oh, wow. Called Tumbaga, composed of gold and copper. Mm. So it's not small change and links. No, it's oh. not any of this. It's a made-up word. So your answers are just as valid as Mr. John L. Sorensen. It's good to know we're all wrong. Yes, exactly. I just want to argue a little further for the uranium, okay? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't like the Book of Mormon end with everything blowing up? No. Everybody dies, but not by explosion. Oh. Yeah. And everybody dies actually twice. The first time, <laughs> it's not explosion it's a global calamity the second everyone dies again but this is in a war so how does spoilers, everyone die twice when i say everybody i mean 90 percent of people die and then 100 percent of people die the second time so there's a few generations for them to repopulate humans be fucking i don't want to give
give too much away because we have such an exciting story to get to. Okay. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of breast work in your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's my turn to read, isn't it? Verse 10. And he also caused that his workmen should work all manner of fine work within the walls of the temple of fine wood and of copper. Did you say work like four fucking times? I know, right? Workmen and work within. You guys, you guys, what would happen if we took the Book of Mormon and we put it in a chat GTP? <laughs> You do that, Gigi. I'm going to keep reading and then you give us its best answers. Maybe like put in a verse from Mosiah 11 oh, and see God. if it continues it in an amusing way. Like, please improve this part of the Book of Mormon. You're going to make the bot just like self-destruct. Joan's head's going to explode in a tick. <laughs> so, yes, he's doing all sorts of work and he's said all of this before. He just keeps saying it and saying and saying. He's got the mm. most verbose way of meandering on. All right, fine work within the walls of the temple of fine wood and of copper and of brass. Verse 11. And the seats which were set apart for the high priests, which were above all the other seats, he did ornament with pure gold. And he caused a breastwork to be built before them that they might rest their bodies and their arms upon while they should speak lying and vain words to his people. What the fuck? I already have the chat GPT thing open because I'm using it to improve my legal writing and it works amazing, by the way. It does. It's amazing. Oh, that's good. That's useful. Just so that you know, <laughs> I put great. in verse 10 into just now because I had it open. This uh-huh. is how the chatbot would have written verse 10. He also commanded his workers to create all kinds of intricate designs and crafts using fine wood, copper, and brass within the walls of his temple. That makes sense. <laughs> That's better. Anything is better than one, sweetie, right? It's just not so repetitive. Gigi, do it with verse 11, because that's bonkers. Hold on, hold on. While Gigi is doing that, you know what verse 11 reminds me of? The seats where the bishopric sits every week in church. It reminds Mm. me of where the general authorities sit every six months during conference. They sit up on an elevated platform in comfy chairs, and there's a railing in front of them, physically separating them from the common rabble. And yet, the same is true with chapter 11. Look at these high priests sitting themselves above the other seats. The modern church fucking does that, so what the hell? Not to mention the lying and vain words. Yeah, that's true. But I (laughs) I mean, hell, even in the very first temple that the Mormons built, the Kirtland Temple, the church leaders were set up on a platform above the rest of the congregation. They were separated by a railing. Oh, really? Okay, guys, this is what the bot would have said about verse 11. And the seats designed for the high priests, which were above all the other seats, were adorned with pure gold. A breastwork was also constructed before them so that they could lean on it and rest their arms while addressing the people with truthful and meaningful words. Ah, it fucked up on the last part. Man, it was doing so good until just that last bit. It fucked it. Um, That, folks, is why our jobs are safe. So maybe by improve, the chatbot felt like lying and vain words were not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So he changed Mm -hmm. the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, like, impressive. Well done, chat GVT. Well done, chat PT. I just want to point out something, though, that's wrong about this verse, apart from so much. The whole thing? 
definitely refers to high priests in the plural, like you would need more than one seat for a high priest. So it's suggesting that at one time there could be more than one high priest, which is certainly different from the Jewish way. Yes, but the Mormon way, we have like a dozen in each ward. Yeah, so uh, yeah. entire subsection of the mm-hmm. Melchizedek priesthood, they are called high priests. And yet these are Jews. They've only come over like a few hundred years ago and they're writing it like it's normal. Well, but see, that's how you know that they're bad. Right. It's because they have more oh. than one high priest? That Just like be. today in the Mormon I'm church. I'm reading subtlety into this verse that right. I have very little confidence was actually intended. Wrong subtlety only. And it came to pass that he built a tower near the temple. Yay, a very high tower, even so high he could stand upon the top thereof and overlook the land of Shilom and also the land of Shemlon, which was possessed by the Lamanites. And he could even look over all the land round about. Okay, your go, Jones, verse 13. And it came to pass that he caused many buildings to be built in the land of Shilom. And he caused a great tower to be built on the hill north of the land Shilom, which had been a resort for the children of Nephi at the time they <laughs> fled out of the land. And thus he did do with the riches which he obtained by the taxations of his people. And it came to pass that he placed his heart upon his riches and spent his time in riotous living with his wives and with his concubines. Ooh. And so did also his priests spend their time with harlots. Oh, that's a good time religion, that is. Yeah, it really sounds like it. And it came to pass that he planted vineyards round about in the land and he built wine presses and made wine in abundance. And therefore he became a wine biber. Oh, that <laughs> a wine biber. Not a wine imbiber, but a wine no, biber. No, wine biber. And it looks yes. like wine bebop. I know why everybody's down on wine all of a sudden. <laughs> Nobody called Jesus a wine bibber when he was turning water into I know. Yeah. You wine bibber. Yeah. Within a few years of the beginning of the church, there was this really strong teetotaler movement. Wow. Yeah. That is where we get the word of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Not because God <laughs> so had wise. some grand plan. If you look at the word of wisdom, for example, they're not at all out of place for what was being taught all over the place <laughs> at that point the time in the US. But Mormons are like, oh, this is a miracle from God. No, it's not you fucker. No. He was just regurgitating shit. He's not that creative. No. No. The book is amazingly dialed into 1820 New York, despite its much older origin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> despite yeah. the plates it was written on. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Verse 16. And it came to pass that the Lamanites began to come in upon his people. Whoa. Upon small numbers. Gosh. And to zip them in their fields. <laughs> Slay them in their fields. And while they were Slay. tending their flocks. And King Noah sent guards round about the land to keep them off. But he did not send a sufficient number. And the Lamanites came upon them and killed them. That's rude. And drove many of their flocks out of the land. Aww. Thus that the Lamanites began to destroy them and to exercise their hatred upon them. And it came to pass that King Noah sent his armies against them and they were driven back. Or they drove them back for a time. <laughs> we're not quite sure. It's like Smitty got it wrong. Uh-huh. And then was like, oh, I drove them back for a 
time. <laughs> Therefore, they returned rejoicing in their spoil. <laughs> yeah, God made a mistake with that first phrase and just wanted to correct himself. All right, Gigi, verse All 19. All right, 19. And now, because of this great victory, they were lifted up in the pride of their hearts. They did boast in their own strength, saying that their... 50 could stand against thousands of the Lamanites. And thus they did boast and did delight in blood and the shedding of the blood of their brethren. And this because of the weakness of their king and priests. Just before you go on to the next verse, I just want to reiterate once again that Smitty's regurgitating an idea here because that's like the chant that they sung about David. Yes, which pissed off Saul a lot. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands or something like that. Yeah. And it came to pass that there was a man among them whose name was Abinadi. And he went forth among them and began to prophesy, saying, Behold, thus saith the Lord, and thus hath he commanded me, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Thus saith the Lord. Whoa. 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 <laughs> Be unto this people, for I have seen their abominations and their wickedness and their whoredoms, and except they repent, I will visit them in my anger. That is a poorly written paragraph, and I really want to put it into the chat GPT. Yeah. But my chat GPT is busy because I asked it, is the Book of Mormon true? Okay. And it said this. <laughs> the Book of Mormon is a religious text that is considered by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS Church, to be scripture. It is believed by many to be true and holy record of God's interactions with ancient inhabitants of the Americas. However, the Book of Mormon is not accepted as historical or scientific fact by the majority of the scientific and academic community, and its truth claims are not supported by mainstream scholarship. It is ultimately up to each individual to decide what they believe about the Book of Mormon and other religious texts. Very politically correct. Nice. Wow, that's some Paul ticking right there. Oh, Can yeah. you screen capture that and send it to me, JJ? I will. I will. It's great. But here, let me go on to 21 uh, because I kind of want to put this into there just to see what it would make All sense right. of, but I well, I actually made sense of it earlier because that whole verse is such a mishmash. Uh-huh. He could have reworded it because he said, thus saith the Lord twice. He didn't need to do that. So he could have said, behold, the Lord hath commanded me saying, go forth and say unto this people, thus saith the Lord, woe be unto you. But he stumbled all over his words. That is not what God would tell anyone to say if God is perfect. No, it's insane. All right, let me move on to 21. And except they repent and turn to the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage. Sexy bondage. Mm. Not that kind of bondage, patience. Oh, oh. Not the fun kind. Oh. And they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. Not that kind of affliction, patience. No. Nope. Verse 22. And it shall come to pass that they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, and am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of my people. He's just regurgitating Isaiah there, but he doesn't say the rest of it, because that phrase says, visiting the iniquities of my people onto the generations and blah, blah, blah. He just goes, visiting the iniquities. We're going to visit them now. We're going to rock up in our car. Hello, iniquities. Jump out and visit the iniquities. I don't visit them. I just moved in, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we call the in-laws, the iniquities. Yeah. I don't have iniquities. Yeah, there you go. 
And it shall come to pass that except this people repent and turn unto the Lord their God, they shall be brought into bondage, and none shall deliver them except it be the Lord the Almighty God. Verse 24. Yea, and it shall come to pass that when they shall cry unto me, I will be slow to hear their cries. Yea, and I will suffer them that they be smitten, smitten. <laughs> by their enemies. Okay, verse 25. And except they repent in sackcloth and ashes and cry mightily to the Lord their God, I will not hear their prayers. Neither will I deliver them out of their afflictions. And thus saith the Lord, and thus Hath he commanded me? Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> now it came to pass when Abinadi had spoken these words unto them, they were wroth with him and sought to take away his life. But the Lord delivered him out of their hands. Now when King Noah had heard of the words which Abinadi had spoken unto the people, he was also wroth. And he said, Who is Abinadi that I and my people should be judged of him? Or who is the Lord that shall bring upon my people such great affliction. Yeah. I command you to bring Abinadi hither, that I may slay him. Slay. For he has said these things, that he might stir up my people to anger one with another, and to raise contentions among my people. Therefore, I will ziff him. <laughs> slay him. A ziff all over him. It's never going to get great. old, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> now the eyes of the people were blinded by ziff. Therefore, they hardened their hearts against the words of Abinadi. And they sought from that time forward to take him. With Ziff? And King Noah hardened his heart against the, the word of the Lord. Hardened his heart with Ziff. And he did not repent of his evil Ziffings. Mm. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Thank you very much, all. Hey, Jones, when that temple near you opens, can you go and... Like, visit it. Oh, before it's consecrated? I could. I don't want to. And take some photos. They won't let you do that. Oh. You can't do that. Take them surreptitiously. No, they have official people come in and take official photos. Oh. It's gaudy. They're proud of the fact that they are spending so much on God's house because they feel like this is God's house. But here's what mm -hmm. I question. How many people died in Utah in the recent cold? Oh, you guys have had a snap. There was a report from maybe last week that five, I think, homeless people froze to death in Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. last oh, really? Week. Yeah. yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. And here's the thing. They've got church buildings around every guy damn corner. Yes, we do. They own all the shopping malls. They could have done so much if they wanted to. Well, to be fair, the Mormon church only openly owns one shopping mall, and that's the really fancy one that they spend a lot of money on. With the trout in it. The response is always that we give money to XYZ, which is true. It's a tiny percentage uh, compared to what they true. have. But, yeah. Or their members do anyway. It's such hypocrisy. When they released that report, somebody took a look at it and realized that the money that the church was reporting was not actual money. A lot of it was actually service what they valued service whatever. as. Yes. Ah, uh, in lieu of cash. The man hours that were volunteered. Mm -hmm. Which was probably woman hours because the men were at work. Maybe so. And not only did they count that as money, I think they valued it at something like $30 an hour. Some really high number. Oh, I can't believe they'd undervalue my work for that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's far more. Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah, at least 
was an hour. Yeah. There you go. Goodbye to you all. Thank you so much for being involved. I'm off to go and have a long evening with Chat GPT as it rewrites my mediation brief because this thing is fucking oh, amazing. God. I love that. <laughs> amazing. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Talk to you all later. Bye. Thank see you. Ya. See you later. Bye.